morning, everybody. Welcome to our kickoff service. If you've been watching at home, the, previously it was a uh, it was pantomime, and I was hoping you were able to read lips, but uh, it's just a welcome. And we are introducing our Sunday school classes. We have uh, teachers. Our locations did did Debbie? Do we have the locations figured out for every class next week? So when a parent comes with child in hand, where do we take them? The boys. Younger boys are heading next door to the fellowship center of the boys. This is primary boys. And the girls, the younger class is where? Somewhere downstairs? Okay, the open area downstairs. Where are the youth? There's their youth, CE. In the youth room. Ages, Dave? Grade 7 to 12 will be in the youth room. Uh, grade 13 and above will be in adult Sunday school class in the, uh, in the uh, boardroom. And we look forward to everybody coming out. And that's at 9.30 next week. I thought I was sounding a little quiet. Now I'm sounding loud and boisterous. That's good. All right. And following the service, as I said, we're going to have a uh, closing. We're going to have a reminder for Kids Club in just a few weeks, Thursday nights at 7. And then we are going to go next door for our wonderful fellowship meal. And to repeat what Pastor Dave said earlier, if you're here and you said, oh, I didn't know it was a potluck, my pot is empty. Uh, we have lots next door. We've asked everybody to bring a main dish as well as a salad or some a dessert. So there should be lots of food for everybody. That was our goal in mind, to bring everybody next door to share together a wonderful meal. All right. So I wanted to have those teachers introduced because that's an important part of what we do as a church. We teach. And that is our theme today. We are so thankful for teachers. I know some of you have had teachers when you were young and uh, you remember them. They were some of your most favorite people, not only teachers at school or home, but also, also at church, Sunday school teachers. They are very important people to us. Let's go back to that first opening scripture. I'm just want to remind everybody our theme verse today is found in Matthew 10. Jesus said that a student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. That's what teachers are doing is training children to be like them whether we learn as parents or adults. I see there's still a few kids around. Let's, are all the kids up front who need to be up front? Because kids, unless you're sitting closer, there is going to be some candy a little bit later and there's some other stuff. You don't have to be that close, but just to come to the front, especially those boys. I see Connor and Elijah and, and, and Luke, and you guys come right up to the front. I need kids close at hand. Oh, there we go. Okay, that's good. Not on the steps, though. You can be close, but not too close. If you're that close, you may not be able to see everything, so you want to scoot back just a little bit. Have a seat, everybody. Be careful what you ask for, okay? Good stuff. So that's our theme today. Teachers, listen, boys and girls, teachers teach you, and they may teach you things at school and stuff, but mom and dad teach you at home. In fact, I have a picture of all kinds of teachers. Let's look at these teachers right now. There is, who's that lady behind that white background? What's she teaching that little, that little person there? It looks like a little girl. What do you think she's teaching her? How to, walk. how to walk? You mean you need to have a teacher to teach you how to walk? Yeah. No, not now. 
you got it down pretty good some days okay so you need even to learn to walk moms and dads are our first and in many ways our best teachers they have so much to teach you from when you're a little baby and you don't know anything and you don't know how to do anything to the wonderful boys and girls you are now and soon to be wonderful grown-ups following jesus that's amazing now i see a dad down in the bottom what's he teaching his son what's he do Yeah, that's a pretty big guitar for that little boy, isn't it? But I think he has his arms stretched all the way around it. Music teachers, how many? Raise your hands if you've ever had a music teacher. Big grown-ups too, music teachers. How many of you liked your music teacher? Oh, yeah. <laughs> music teachers are tough. They make you practice, and it's hard. But there's a dad teaching. Boy, that lady in the middle. What kind of teacher is that lady in the middle? Where do you think she teaches? How do you, what do you think she teaches at school? Yeah, I don't know. She's teaching something. No, no, it says bulimia on the board. That's like, that's like an emotional problem she's teaching about. But yeah, she's got like whiteboard because this is what we teachers use. And there, she's teaching, but it looks like a school teacher, doesn't she? But who's that teacher? Is that a school teacher too, that one next to her up top there? Why do you think Sunday school teacher? There you see, you see it, I see something about Jesus written down, and there's a cross. She's obviously a Sunday school teacher, and we love our Sunday school teachers. We are so thankful. Boy, what are those weird little kids dressed funny, and what's that lady doing to them? I think she's checking their fingernails or something. What? Ballet. Is, what's ballet? Is that a type of food? Okay, it's a kind of dance. A dance teacher. How many of us have ever had a dance teacher? Really? Tyson, you got to tell me more about that. <laughs> I'm sure it was like hip-hop or something real cool. Yeah, it was real cool. It was like a manly dance. Yeah. Okay. There's so many kinds of teachers, and that is what our theme is today, boys and girls. And I always like to... I always like to uh, take uh, one of the characters and, and, and do the service with a character because you know the greatest teacher. We've bought friends of ours and family who are teachers. We buy, them, we buy them little coffee mugs, and it's like you get mom or dad at Mother's Day or Father's Day. It says, world's best father or mother or grandparent. You can get them a mug that says, world's best teacher. Now, my coffee mug on my teacher's desk up here I don't have anything written because the world's greatest teacher wasn't one of us. It was Jesus. And you know, Jesus, not only was he a savior, did he heal people? Did he feed people? Did he lead people? Did he help people? He did all of that. But you know, the thing that people remembered him for and loved him for most of all when he was living with them was a teacher. In fact, that's what they called him as his name. When you read in your Bible, and remember at Kids Club, if you haven't got a Kids Club Bible, you will pretty soon. When you read in there and his disciples, which mean his followers were talking to Jesus, what did they call him? Teacher. They said, teacher, help us, teacher, wake up, teacher. And in their language, that was the Hebrew word rabbi, 
So they would call him rabbi, which means teacher. It's like you call Pastor Alan maybe pastor. That's sort of what we do. It's our ministry. It's how we help people. But Jesus, believe it or not, they mostly called him teacher. As they got to know him better and he taught them who he was as God's son, then they opened their hearts to him and they didn't call him teacher as much as they called him master. And master is where we get our word Lord. When we talk about the Lord Jesus, he's our master. But before he's our master, he teaches us who he is or we help other people learn who he is. So for the rest of the service, I will be your teacher, but not teaching about me. I want to teach us a bit about Jesus, the greatest teacher of all. Now, I wore one of these years ago. I'll wear this as my professor cap. I'll be a professor, and this will be my cap, front of cap. There you go. There you go. I think that's in the way. That's supposed to be one side, and then when you get graduated, you put it on the other side. But I don't remember which side it's supposed to be on. Is it on straight? (laughs) I'm not trusting you kids. I'll ask my wife. Is it on straight? (laughs) She's just wiggling her head back. Oh, no, that looks... Okay, I think that's a little better. Perfect. I, want to, I don't want it to throw me off course. Okay, teachers. Okay, boys and girls, some of you who here of our older students went to a one-room schoolhouse, raise your hand if you did. That's amazing to me. All the grades in one room, and yet the kids back then were smarter than kids today. How did that happen? I think it's because the teachers used sticks, and they used to hit the students if they didn't learn. We don't do that as much anymore. (laughs) But the teachers, they had these on their desks, and these got the kids' attention and started school. So, all right, let's get class started. I'm your substitute teacher today, Professor... Okay, Professor, my name starts with a P. What was it? Professor Powell. Okay. Spelling's not my subject. I'm sorry. That's close enough. Professor Powell. Okay, you can call me the professor or prof. Just don't call me late for the potluck supper, okay? All right, let's get started. Jesus, the greatest teacher of all. And I have... If he's the greatest teacher, I have one question for us, boys and girls. When we look in our Bibles, what do they teach us about how he taught? How did Jesus teach? That's a question I have. Is that the next slide? Let's look at the next slide. What's the next slide say? Oh, no. I guess that big slide that says how he teach isn't there, is it? Okay, it must have gone missing. How did Jesus teach? I look in the Bible and I see Jesus teaching a number of ways. Now, how do your teachers, Charlie, how do your teachers at school teach? Usually they stand in front of you and talk. We call that lecturing. And Jesus didn't do a lot of that. He did something similar to it called preaching. But one way he taught people was just talking to them, a conversation. Do you remember that conversation that Jesus is talking to that woman? What's it called? She's known as who? Not Mary. Nope. The woman at the 
the well. There's, she's getting water. And Jesus had this long conversation and taught her about who he was, what God offered her, how she could have God's living water in her heart and be forgiven the sins in her life. It was an incredible conversation. Jesus had a conversation with a great teacher known as Nicodemus. Nicodemus was kind of embarrassed to, to come to Jesus, so he came to him at night when nobody would see him. And they had this amazing conversation where Jesus said, Nicodemus, you have to be born again spiritually. You were born physically, but now you need to be born in your heart by knowing God in your heart. That's amazing. He taught us through conversations. Another way I found that Jesus taught people was talking to them like I'm talking to you. He called it preaching. The Bible said Jesus went through all of Galilee preaching to people. One of his most famous sermon is called the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, there he's sitting on top of a hill. He had thousands of people listening to him as he sat on a high hill and he preached to them and he talked to them about God. Once he got into a boat and preached to the people standing on the shore, he would go to their synagogues, which were like their churches. And it said he went through all the Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. That's amazing to me. So Jesus not only had conversations, but he preached. And when he preached, in his talks, he did a number of things. He told stories. Don't you love it when people tell a story? You know, you may be kind of tired or a little bored, but as soon as they tell a story, your ears perk up. Jesus told amazing stories called parables. And these parables were just stories about everyday things that we know about that they taught spiritual lessons that might be sort of hard to understand. You know, like this parable, that's the parable. Jesus told a parable about a farmer who went out and he sowed seed into the ground. And there were four kinds of dirt, four kinds of soil the seed fell in. Some of the seed was very hard. It was on the roadway. Some had stones. Some of the soil had weeds. Some seed was so hard the birds ate all the seeds before it could grow. And Jesus, though he was talking about soil and seeds, the parable really was talking about your heart and knowing God and having God's word in your heart. Is it going to grow you and save you? He told amazing stories. He told a story about a runaway son and he ran away and wasted all of his money. But it was really a story about how much our father in heaven loves us, the prodigal son. It's amazing. You know, Jesus even told, he even told uh, poems in his talk sometimes. Now, if you're like me, you say poetry. Ugh, I don't know if I like poetry, you know, but is it, have any of you ever had to memorize a poem in school? You older folks, did you ever have to memorize a poem in school? Yeah, you all had to. Why do you kids not have to? I remember a poem. I had to learn a poem when I was in grade four. Grade four, and I told the poem about uh, leaves, leaves on a tree. I can recite the poem, and this was like three or four years ago. No, it was more than that. The poem begins, I'll tell you how the leaves came down, the great tree to his children said. You're getting sleepy, yellow-brown. Yes, very sleepy, little red. It is quite time to go to bed. 
he told a poem. And I love that poem. It's about leaves not wanting to fall off the tree and go to sleep for the winter, but the big trees, like their father, eventually they all go to sleep and pull up a winter blanket of snow over them. But the poem, as I told it, you could tell it was a poem because it sort of had a rhyme to it, didn't it? The words in our poems in English, they sort of rhyme together, and that's a neat thing. But when Jesus used poetry, we often don't understand its poetry because in their poetry, in Hebrew poetry, they don't rhyme the sounds of the last words of a line. They rhyme thoughts. They rhyme thoughts. Either they would say the same thought with different words, or they would contrast and say the opposite. Jesus used a poem in the Sermon on the Mount, and we know it as the Beatitudes. Listen to these thoughts. He repeats the same thing over and over and gives it a little different thought. Jesus talked about in this poem about who God blesses and God loves. Jesus said in his poem, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Do you see how that poem repeats certain things? Jesus is rhyming thoughts. It's an amazing way that Jesus taught, even using poetry, because I know poetry is something that, believe it or not, people can memorize. Jesus didn't have overhead projectors or PowerPoint. He didn't have books to hand out, photocopies. They had to memorize what he said, so he would tell stories and poems over and over so the people could remember one of my favorite things Jesus taught was wordplay. Jesus told jokes and made puns and told funny things. But because we're reading a translation, you and I often miss the joke altogether. That's one of Jesus' jokes he told. He was teasing, making fun of some super religious people called Pharisees who thought they were better than everybody else. And Jesus looked how they lived and he saw that they were very fussy about following certain rules, like how to keep the Sabbath holy and what you could and couldn't do. They were very picky about little tiny rules, and yet their hearts were far from God, and they uh, were terrible sinners the way they treated people. Jesus said, you're following little rules, but you're committing big sins in your heart. So here's what he said about them. He said, oh, you Pharisees and you scribes, you den of vipers. He says, you choke at a gnat and you strain it out of your soup. Now, a gnat is a tiny little bug. You know, those little bitty bugs. Bzz, bzz. Jesus says, if you have in your soup, you strain out a gnat, but you'll swallow a camel whole. Now, we say that's kind of strange. But, you know, in Jesus' language, the word for gnat is galma, G-A-L-M-A in Aramaic. And the word for camel is gamla, G-A-M-L-A. He says, you'll strain out a gamla, but you'd swallow a gamla. You know, it's kind of a funny thing Jesus said, you know. But he said, you know, you'll commit a big sin while you're keeping a tiny rule. And God doesn't like that. And boy, the people, they learned that lesson. 
Jesus used wordplay, and the thing we're going to practice doing today for the rest of our time is Jesus used object lessons. Oh, I love object lessons. They are physical things that we can touch, and they teach us an important lesson. You know, in Sunday, every Sunday on the first Sunday of the month, we use things like this. We take little pieces of bread or little wafers, and we have little cups of juice, and these are object lessons to remind us of something very important. What does the bread remind us of? Anyone? What? Jesus' body nailed to the cross for our sin. And what does the cup remind us of? The cup of juice. The blood that he shed for us to wash away our sins. Excellent. You've learned the lesson of these object lessons. Oh, Jesus would take something ordinary and make an incredible object lesson out of it now for this coming portion i'm going to be as your professor you know professors they get all of the high pay and all of the big name and write books but they don't teach all their classes they have teaching assistants and i call my teaching assistant i'll call my teaching assistant he'll come take his seat teaching assistant his name i'm professor powell and we'll call him, his name, not as important as my name, don't worry about it. His name is small letters. We'll call him, we'll call him, we'll call him Poncho, okay? That'll be his name. We, okay, so my teaching assistant Poncho will help with some of the object lessons. Let's start. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful building? You know that building reminds me, I love beautiful things. This is a very, very old box probably way over 100 years old. It was made by Poncho's great, great, great grandfather in Sweden or Norway? In Sweden. And his name was great, great, great grandpa Gustav. It's the most beautiful box we have. All of the different woods. And look how he made it. And you know, we keep something in this box in our house. Anybody want to guess what special thing is in the box? Could it be important papers no no Uh, taxes yeah maybe pictures of the grandchildren maybe our marriage certificate here's what we keep in the box oh yeah it's just just uh yeah now that doesn't make sense does it a beautiful box and you're keeping garbage in the box, you know, that's just like an object lesson Jesus used. Look at that building. People often call that building the most beautiful building in the world, the most beautiful building in the world. It sits on 20 acres of land in India. We know the name. It's called the Taj Mahal. It's made of beautiful white marble. It's gorgeous. It looks like a palace from the the cartoon Aladdin, doesn't it? looks like a palace, and the palace in Aladdin is based on it, but it's not a palace, it's not a temple, it's not a mosque or a church, it's a grave, it's a tomb. This tomb was built 390 years ago by the Mughal king, his name was Shah Jahan, and his favorite wife, her name was Mumtaz Mahal, and she died having a baby, 
It was her 14th child. She died in childbirth. Now you know why she was his favorite wife, but she died and he built this as her tomb and people, six million people a year visit it and they visit it to look at the beauty on the outside, but what's on the inside? A grave, dead bodies and bones, just like we teach in science with skeletons. There's dead people inside of it. Jesus used that as an object lesson. He saw those really religious people who kept tiny rules but broke big sin, but committed big sins. And he said of them, he said, you guys are like fancy tombs, whitewashed on the outside, but full of stinking dead men's bones on the inside. He's saying God looks at the heart. It's one thing to dress up nice on Sunday and look good on the outside, but God cares about who you are in your heart. Do you love him? Do you love other people? Well, not boys and girls are what object lessons are all about. Now let's act out some object lessons. Let's act a few out. All right. Our first object lesson is easy. We'll get started with another easy one. Uh, Poncho, give me my basket and we'll... Okay, let's turn these platform lights down just a little bit. Let's turn these lights down. All right. Jesus told an ob- used an object lesson of a lamp. And in Matthew chapter, well, yeah, we'll turn it down after I read. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said this. He said, you, next slide's a lamp. Let's show the lamp. Unless it's frozen, it looks like it's frozen. Okay, then I'll read what it says. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Now get this. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Jesus used this as an example. Okay, now we can turn the lights down. He used a lamp. That's a lamp from his day, an oil-burning lamp. Now we have LED lamps. Oh, boy. If you went camping and you said, I need my lamp to keep my campsite, you'd probably, yeah, that's good enough. It's low, but that's too bright. Maybe I'll just put it under here. Yeah, it's, it's not working as good. Okay, Jesus says that nobody would do that. He said you would lift it up, put it on a stand, and it would give light to everybody and light your camp up, light your house up, light your life up. He said in the same way, you need to shine God's love from your hearts through your actions and your words into the lives of other people. That, boys and girls, is an object lesson. Now let's do another object lesson, and we'll need some boys and girls' help for this one. The next object lesson is about fruit. I love a piece of fruit. Oh, look at that piece of fruit. Does anybody know what fruit is growing on that tree? Jesus loved that kind of fruit. It looks like plums because it's kind of purple, doesn't it? Is it plums? No, it is a fig tree. Jesus, the Bible says, went to a fig tree to pick some figs one day. There was no figs on the tree. That's what Jesus was looking for, figs on a tree. And Jesus then told an object lesson about trees and fruit. 
Very good. You can put your hands down now. We'll answer questions after, and I know you want to get picked, and we will pick some kids wholly at random. Just because I have a grandson as my assistant today, that's a lesson too. The grown-ups know it's a lesson in nepotism or favoritism, but we won't teach that today. All right. <laughs> Jesus said, if you wonder if it's a good tree or a bad tree, taste the fruit. Taste the fruit. What he meant by that object lesson, let's read that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, he says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit, which means that people look at your lives and they hear your language on the playground at school. They hear how you treat or see how you treat other people or how you uh, obey mom and dad or how you treat kids at school, kids that maybe other kids tease or make fun of. Do you join in or do you stand up for people? By your actions and words, people will know what kind of tree, what kind of person you are. God means what kind of heart you have. Are we followers of Jesus? People should be able to see that by our actions. Now, we're going to have a test today. I need three children. I need children who are not afraid to eat the grossest stuff. Okay, hands down, if you're not going to help, you got to eat anything set in front of you. This is a taste test. Okay, let's have hands up if you're willing to do it. Adriana, come up. I know she, I know she will. <laughs> Those, oh, Elijah, Connor. Oh, yeah, Connor, Elijah's blonde and older. Connor was sitting down during the actions. No. <laughs> and one more. Uh, okay, there's two left here. I'll pick one now, and then the next object lesson, I'll use the other, okay? Who likes gross things more? Amber does. Charlie, you can be up on the next one. Okay, she will eat everything. They promised. Okay, whatever's set in front of you. Now, you guys, this is the test. Just The test wouldn't be fair if you could see... The fruit before you ate it. Take off your glasses there, Adriana. Everybody put on your... This is a blind taste test. Okay, put that on where you don't see. Here you go. Put it on. All right. Pancho, let's bring out the first of the test. Taste test number one. And boys and girls, when you see what the taste test is, keep it quiet. Don't say anything, you guys. So they have to taste it and tell us what it is. Is your mask fitting, Amber? Okay, just keep your eyes shut underneath your masks, okay? Okay, the first taste test, reach out your hands on the table. Lay your hands out. No, set them down. There's a cup here. Put your hand around the cup, and when I tell you, pick it up. Don't look into it yet. Just hang on to it. There you go. That's taste test number one. Okay, here, Amber. Okay, when I say go... Taste it, and then make sure you know what it is, and then I'll ask you, okay? Taste test number one, taste it. Okay, pour it. It's, it's in the cup. Put it in your mouth. There you go. <laughs> Just shaking it. Mm, chew it up. That's an easy, okay? There's a fruit. What kind, of, what kind of plant does that come from? Adriana thinks she knows. Blueberry plant. Do you guys agree? What do you think, Amber? Okay, you're correct. Okay, let's give them a hand. They got blueberry. Okay. 
Taste test number two. Okay. Here, I'll give you a different cup. Okay, put out your hand. Okay, try this now. Eat it. See how it goes. Let's see what that is. Okay. You smelled it before you tasted it, didn't you? Okay. Okay, Connor, what do you think that is? Banana. Banana. Is it a banana? Yes, it was a delicious banana. Good job. Okay, hands out. Our next taste test number three. Here we go. Okay, taste, taste test number three. Try it, pour it in. What do you think that is, Adriana? What? Lemon. <laughs> Amber, you're supposed to take it out of the cup, not put it back in. <laughs> Was that good? No, no, you put, your, put it back on there. Yeah, there's more. You think the lemon is... Uh, was that sweet? I didn't get to taste it. Okay. Okay, this one's going to be a little trickier. Okay, hands out. This is a fruit I never had until I was a grown-up, believe it or not. Okay, taste it. Taste test number four. Shh. I bet that would taste good after the lemon, huh? What is this? Oh, you, you're trying hard. You can't remember, and Amber's not sure. What do you think it is, Adriana? Kiwi. Is it a kiwi, boys and girls? Yes. Good job. Okay. For our final taste test, final one. Here you go. Here you go. No, no, just that. There you go. Okay, taste it. Taste test number five. Mmm, chew it up. Mmm. Mmm. What do you think it is, Amber? A pickle. It is pickled, but what kind of pickle? Pickled cucumber? Pickled cucumber. Eh. No, they're not. This is just a plant. It's pickled asparagus. Mmm, you guys all like asparagus now. Yes, you do. You ate it. Good job. All right, boys and girls. Let's give them a big hand. Have a seat. Oh, good job. All right. Buy their fruit. You will know if it's a good tree or a bad tree. Have a seat down below. You're dismissed. Don't make me get my teaching stick. Okay. There we go. All right. Our next one, I'm going to need some help because Jesus used an amazing, an amazing object lesson. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus gave a lesson, and his object lesson was a buried treasure. A buried treasure, which was to show us about finding God's kingdom. That is having Jesus living in our heart, 
Jesus told a story about a buried treasure to show us that there is nothing better in the world than knowing Jesus and having him in your heart. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter, go to the, the passage. Oh, it's 13. I was looking at the wrong one. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said this. Listen to the object lesson. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He sold everything he had, every last thing. The clothes on his back was all he had. And with the money he had, he bought the field where the buried treasure was because it was the greatest thing in the world. And Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Having God in your heart is worth more than anything, more than money, more than friends, more than popularity. Having God in your heart's the most important thing. Well, we're going to do an object lesson about a buried treasure. I need three treasure hunters. Charlie, you were brave last time. I said, Charlie, and let's have... Uh, Maybe uh, Isaac, and because uh, this is kind of hard. <laughs> Warwick really wants to do it, but yeah, okay, Warwick. Let's let's let Warwick try. Or Zach, not Warwick. He's little. He's he's not wanting to come up at all. Okay, Zach, you're gonna have to take your glasses off. Have the three seats over here. We're gonna hunt for treasure, and believe it or not, the treasure is chocolate okay that is a great who likes chocolate here Me. good boy okay let's set your glasses right here okay now the treasure is buried did you hear that story the buried treasure the treasure is buried it's a chocolate coin i love chocolate coins i have one right over here i keep on my teacher's desk here's a beautiful chocolate coin you open it up and it's got chocolate inside i have one of these for each one of you but it's buried and what's it buried? It's buried in a bowl of puffed wheat, okay? It's buried, and you got to dig through the puffed wheat, but you can't dig with your hands. you got to keep your hands out of the bowl, and you dig with your faces. You stick your face in there, and you wiggle your head all the way to the bottom. Wait, don't do it yet. Here's your treasure. This one here. Oh, and if they don't find it, we'll have to bring up some other treasure hunters. Okay, and here's Isaac. Here's yours. Okay, you understand? You guys will have to stand up for this, okay? Let's stand up because you got, you got to get your head way down in there and try to find it. And when you find that coin, try to get it in your mouth. I don't know if this is going to work. But something, something, thank you, Poncho, that will be good. We'll be able to tell you're getting in there. If you have a little water on your face, it helps you slip through the, the puffed wheat easier. There you go. Shut your eyes. Good job. Shut your eyes. Watch out. The anticipation. Okay. Okay. On the count of three, let's dig for treasure. Let's try our best. Okay. One, two, three. Get in there and dig, dig. Oh, keep your hands out. Yeah, keep digging. Hold on to the side of the bowl. Hold on to the bowl with your hands. There you go. Get in there. Dig. Dig. Did you find it, Charlie? Dig. Here, psst, I'll give you one of those. Are you finding it? Oh, what, what are you, what's in your nose? 
Okay. Just, I don't know if I'll be eating this puffed wheat after now. Okay. Good job. Did you find it yet? You're getting close. Okay. Do you think we should let them use their hands? Yeah. Okay, one more try with your faces. Let's, let's, let's. Okay. Get in there. Get that treasure. Poncho, did we remember to put the treasure in the... No, we did. There's treasure in there. Yeah, we remember. Pretty sure. Okay, good job. I got... <laughs> you got it in your ears too, buddy. Let's... <laughs> okay. Okay, you guys can try with your hands now. Let's try. Find that treasure. Oh, I see something. You see? Ta-da! Look, there is. There is treasure in there. Keep. Don't dump it. Just feel around. I feel it. Oh, oh I saw something. All right, hold up your treasure when you find it. Oh, you're already eating yours. It's already unwrapped. Good job. All right, Poncho, good job. Let's give thank them. Okay. Oh. All right. You kids were good watching that, so not everybody was able to dig for treasure. They worked very hard. I think Poncho will give everybody a treasure coin. And to the treasure hunters, you can give them an extra coin. They worked hard. All right. Boys and girls, you see how interesting and funny object lessons can be? <laughs> our last object lesson before our potluck uh, lunch today Jesus told an object lesson, and it's one of my favorites. And oh, I wanted to I wanted to do this for you today. Our object lesson is about a gift. Let's see the yeah, about giving gifts. Jesus, now how many boys and girls have ever gotten a gift from your mom and dad? Raise your hand. Have you got gifts? Now, do they give you good gifts or bad gifts? Good gifts. Isn't that wonderful? And Jesus gave us a funny object lesson about parents giving good gifts. He said this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, boys and girls, which of you, if your, if your son would ask you for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked you for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He even said in the book of Luke, if your son asks you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? No, we would never do that. Give him a snake instead of a fish. And if your mom and dad, who are just ordinary people, can give good gifts... Jesus says, imagine how much more your Father in heaven can give to you. He gives us the greatest gifts. And so, boys and girls, I wanted to finish not only as your professor, but as a grandpa and a father, I wanted to give you guys a good gift before we go next door this morning because it's time for our meal. 
And I know kids, they like candy, and at, we like to give them candy, but we also, for a gift, for a special treat at our house, we like to give chips. Who likes chips? Anybody? Okay, boys and girls, I have got chips. Poncho, get my, my chip bag here. I've got chips for you, boys and girls. Hang on. Don't get up yet. No, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is the bag. Okay. I got your bag of chips right here. Are they snakes? Wouldn't that be funny if I had a live snake in here? And. And the only thing that's keeping me from bringing out a live snake is we couldn't catch one. We, we actually did try, you know. I do have some small snakes right here. But they're just, there's not enough for everyone. So unless you have enough for everyone, all right. But what I did get is chips. I love chips, all flavors. And I've got hickory. Hickory is like smoky barbecue. And they're the finest. I spent good money on these. Okay, here's some hickory chips. Is it tasty? No, no, no. If I give it to you, you've got to eat it. No, okay. Is this the kind of chips you guys were thinking of? No, this is, this is wood chips. I use these in my smoker at home to give a nice hickory flavor. Zach is actually eating his, but <laughs> after the puff tweet though, he'll eat anything. All right. See, Jesus said, your father wouldn't trick you and neither will your heavenly father. He'll always give you the best gifts. And so when we finish today, Poncho will have the bag with actual, actual chips in it, these kind that I know you guys are wanting. So after we finish our service, we're going to pray for our meal next door. Come up, get your chips. That'll be your first part of your lunch. And then with mom and dad, everybody as quick as we can, we'll head next door. We're going to pray not only to close our service, boys and girls, we're also going to pray for our meal next door. But before we do, I want to remind everybody that in just a couple weeks, Kids Club is coming up. Look at the chalkboard. It says Kids Club Thursday nights in October, November from 7 to 8 p.m. How many of you have been to Kids Club before? You know, there's so many new kids in your schools this year. So many new people have moved to town. You boys and girls need to invite the new kids to Kids Club so we can let our light shine for Jesus with Jesus' love. And it's next door in the Fellowship Center. We're going to send invitations home to all the kids at school. And our theme is going to be so much fun. It's called Unexplored. Unexplored is our theme. We're going to have explorers and jungle adventures. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss out on it. All right. You boys and girls have been so good with Professor Powell and Poncho. And we want to pray for you now and send everybody next door to share a wonderful meal together. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, and give thanks. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, the greatest teacher. Lord, as they called him teacher and they called him master, we just thank you for him and all that he continues to teach us through the Bible. Help us, Father, to become more like our teacher every day and be with the boys and girls, whether they're in school or learning at home or in kids club, that they would be appreciative of the good teachers you send us. Thank you for those willing to teach the kids in Sunday school. And Father, thank you for each one now who's made a good meal for us as we go next door, not only to share food, but to share the love of Jesus around the table. Bless us now, we pray, in this fall kickoff. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, boys and girls, come on up. Poncho has your chips, and then head next door.